Hello, and welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show, a podcast to help you unlock tremendous growth for your app. My name is Shaman Rao. I'm the CEO of the boutique growth marketing firm, Rocketship HQ, and host of the podcast, Mobile User Acquisition Show. In each episode, we feature experts in the field of mobile growth and discuss strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile growth marketing. By the end of each episode, you will have gained actionable and tactical insights that will help you make more informed decisions in your own work around growth. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is produced by Meryl Vincent, Content Marketing Manager at Rocketship HQ. Our guest today is Ayush Sakya, Head of UA at Earnin. Ayush has over 10 years of experience in growth marketing, and has managed growth leading to two unicorn exits in his career. He's among the most experienced among a cohort of early growth marketers that I have known and learned a ton from close to a decade ago. And I'm excited to reconnect with him and have him on the show. I'm very excited to welcome Ayush Sakya to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Ayush, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shaman. Great to be here. Yeah. I'm- and grateful to have you, Ayush, also because you entered mobile in 2013, 2014, and you're really one of the OGs I know. And certainly when we worked together, I learned a lot from you, took notes whenever you talked. So I'm very excited to reconnect with you and have you on this show. And certainly I think there's a lot from your experience from the time pre-ATT, from the older days to today that you just, you know, lot. So I would love to tap into your experience in this episode. To get started, how do you recommend that marketers think about measurement post-ATT overall at a high level? Yeah, thank you for the kind words, Shamant. I would say that marketers should think about measurement post-ATT the same way that they should have been thinking about it prior to ATT. What I mean by that Mm. is that marketers should always drive incremental performance, right? And they should be measuring that incremental performance and sharing that data with the stakeholders, generally like the finance team and perhaps like the product team, the CEO, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Prior to ATT, when device identifiers could be shared on both Android and iOS for tracking, most advertisers just use last click attribution model and assume that it was the source of truth. Now, mm-hmm. this model favored ad channels like Google because, say, like someone sees an ad somewhere, let's say on TikTok, for the first time ever, and then they search for the product on Google and click the Google link. The credit for the ad goes to Google. That is the attribution, even though in this case, right, it may not have had much to do with it. But most advertisers use this last click model because it was just simple enough. And even though it was somewhat flawed. So what ATT did to advertising is that because device level info was no longer available on iOS, and this was replaced with aggregate metrics along with the scan framework, which dropped a lot of data for reasons that I'm not going to get into at this particular Mm -hmm. moment marketers were forced to find ways to close this gap and bring more certainties into calculating the impact of their advertising spend, right? So 
what I'm really trying to say is that marketers should have always been trying to prove incrementality of their performance. And I believe the most reliable way to do this is by running a geo lift test where you stop running ads in some parts of the country or groups of country so you can measure true impact of advertising spend. And Shamant, if you remember when we were working together, even back in the day, we were lucky that we had so many huge portfolio of games when we were working together at a gaming company and we were advertising in many different countries. We would just stop advertising in Britain and a few countries in Europe to see what was the impact in there versus like in other countries to measure true incrementality of our advertising dollars. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, you make a great point that even pre-ATT, you had to be focused on incrementality, not just believe what your measurement system tells you. Right? And, you know, with geo holdout tests, I would love to dig in a little bit deeper. Sure. How do you recommend that folks get, folks structure geo holdout tests? Yeah. Got it. I would start by laying out the goal for the geo holdout test, right? I would say that there are two main goals. One is to prove that a particular channel is effective at driving incremental traffic or customers, right? And if possible, using the learnings from the geo lift test to provide feedback to the current measurement model that the advertiser is using. If you're using scan, for example, and you think that scan is underreporting metrics, after running the geo test, you'd be able to know, oh, it looks like we're underreporting installs by 30% and paid customers by 50%, right? So essentially you would come up with a multiplier and use it on a daily basis because that's what all digital advertisers would like to do. They would like to measure the performance on a daily basis and you wouldn't be able to keep running geo tests every time because it's very costly to do that. So regarding the structure to your question, Shamanth, the best way to do this is to work with an analyst on your team to understand how many customers you have in different cities or states or countries so you can break them down and then you can find the right setup to conduct the test in a large enough sample to be representative of your audience, but small enough so that it's not too disruptive, right? I mean, one thing, as you and I both know, is that especially startups looking to grow generally don't like positing advertising in large markets. And also, you want to make sure that you are lowering the spend by a large enough quantity that you do get a good read in those markets and measure the lift, because you don't want to come out of this test and not learn anything, because that would not be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You know, you don't want to not learn anything because you are putting pause on a lot of spend and which in turn is translates to a lot of revenue. So you do want to be very careful and intentional about how you structure these tests, certainly. Right. And what channels do you recommend that these be run on? Yeah. Yeah, from a channel level, you know, I would say you would want to do it wherever one is spending a large amount of money. And that is something you would want to start perhaps as doing these tests on. It's both easier to get a good read on the performance because with small channels, it's difficult to get a read on geo testing. Mm-hmm. So obviously with scan, right, there's additional complications with measurement. 
Right. So how do you typically evaluate the results of these geo holdout tests? You know, and how does that tie in with how SCAN is structured and architected? That's a great question, Shaman. With the SCAN campaigns on iOS, I would say that the first thing one should do is to really understand how it works, right? And until SCAN 4.0, which got rolled out recently, you want to understand like how installs and defunnel event signals are being dropped. If, for example, the user is not opening the app each day and how signals could drop if you're not sending enough number of installs each day, right? And once you understand that, you quickly understand that the only way to measure something on iOS using SCAN is on traffic that is large enough to drive installs traffic that is not split across many little campaigns or publishers because you want to have enough installs per campaign. And lastly, that you're optimizing to signals that come very quickly, preferably under right. 24 hours, right? So this is the reason why Scan almost killed all the DSPs and programmatic ad networks. And you've seen so much consolidation in that space right after this happened. Because many of these programmatic advertisers, they were optimizing for their clients across many different publishers that could be various apps or websites. And they were not able to do that after SCAN was launched in 2021. But going back to the tests and SCAN, as I was saying earlier, leveraging the multiplier on SCAN traffic is perhaps the single most important thing that one could be doing after launching those tests. What I mean by using a multiplier is after running your geo test, if you find that you're only crediting your ad channel with driving half the installs, for example, right, then you would use the multiplier to double it up and right. make sure you're giving the full credit that it was actually driving. Yeah. Right. So you want to understand how much your reported metrics are off from true metrics, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, this gets a lot more complicated if you have multiple uh -huh. channels going and again i recollect when you and i worked together we were on like 15 20 channels at a time uh, and certainly there's exactly. been consolidation since then but certainly there's still a lot of channels that are possible to run on how do you understand the impact of multiple channels given all of what we just talked about right yeah and you know life would be really simple if you were just running facebook and google right and to be honest, if one is spending less than, you know, 500K a month or even 200K a month, I would encourage advertisers just to use fewer number of channels. As everyone knows in the industry, Facebook and Google make up 60 to 90% of spend, depending on what type of traffic that you're driving. And, but for the rest of us who are launching seven, eight channels, this is a very challenging question. And what I've mentioned so far only talks about the impact of one channel, but often ad channels are working together to drive certain customer behavior, right? Or in this case, to try to get someone to install an app and then hopefully become a payer or subscriber or so on. So the most effective way to understand the impact of two channels, I would say, is to use marketing mix modeling. This is basically a running a correlational study on different variables over time. The variables could be spend on each channel and the output variable could be the number of paid customers. So working with a data scientist, you could isolate the impact of what happens if you move 
who channels up in spend together or pause both of them or just pause one of them to understand the impact of one over the other and so on. Yeah, I think MMM is something we've tested in quite a bit. And I'm curious what you recommend with regard to the tactical execution of MMM. Do you recommend building something in-house using some of the open source tools? I know Facebook has one, Google has one, which again, that's something we have customized, but I'm curious what you recommend for tactical execution of MMM. That really depends on the expertise that you have in-house. Not many companies will have a data scientist, large data science team and available resources to actually spend time understanding UA traffic and building the models to do the analysis and share the findings and so on. So in that instance, working with an agency that supports and provides these services are helpful because although there's free services from Google and Facebook available for building MMM models, you still have to put in quite a lot of effort into building this correctly and really understand what you're doing. So I would say just understand that this is the good amount of work. You really need someone who understands data science, potentially some data engineers to get set up correctly. Yeah, certainly. Right. And it's not a trivial exercise by any means. Right. And I know we talked about different aspects of measurement and how do you recommend thinking about performance of creative and measuring it post ATT? Yeah. Creatives, as you know, is very important and creative performance is critical for marketing success. There are two ways to think of creative performance post-ATT. I think the simplest one is to just do all the creative testing on Android and applying the learnings from Android on iOS. In many instances, Android and iOS traffic is very similar and Android should be a good proxy for iOS, right? But if for some reason, I mean, you don't have an Android app or you think that the Android app traffic is very different, you can still use creative data from scan. You know, we do look at creative data on Facebook and TikTok, for example, to optimize, and that is useful. Yeah, right. And obviously there's the tactical measurement that is important to solve. But I think what we're facing post-ATT is also a very much an organizational and team level challenge, just because, again, I've had that with numerous folks that are like, my CFO just doesn't understand this, right? And what do you recommend in terms of managing expectations and ensuring this alignment in the team around the incomplete data and the measurement challenges that we are all seeing. Yeah, this has been a great challenge in the industry. And the most important thing for marketers to do is to build trust with stakeholders. And you build that through transparency and honesty, right? So instead of pretending that the digital marketer knows like exactly what the performance is for each campaign, I would suggest sharing where one is more confident and where one isn't, right? Like at iOS, there are gaps and you disclose that. And then over time, you find ways to close that gap with some of the things that I've suggested so far. And you also build trust by sharing detailed reports to your share stakeholders. And you also build trust by sharing detailed reports to your stakeholders, 
primarily the finance team that you're generally working with that's approving the budgets and so on, right? And you can also do that by having an analytics team that is a neutral arbiter of providing marketing data. So it doesn't look like the marketing team is just cooking the books. That is a general concern. That comes up yeah. quite often, unfortunately. And ultimately, I'd say you build trust by educating your stakeholders about the reporting that you're providing them, right? And this takes time. And whether you have like weekly meetings, whatever works, sitting with them for multiple hours at a time and getting everyone on the same page, I think that's critical for the company's success. Because if there's no trust, then it becomes very challenging to scale because everyone will be questioning, like, is the marketing team really doing the right thing? Yeah, right. And uh, I've often sort of heard from folks and seen as well firsthand that oftentimes marketing, analytics, finance, and product all almost talk different languages. And you have to build trust with every single one of them just because, as you said, there's always an underlying concern that is marketing cooking the books, right? Just because you're projecting yeah. out into the future especially after ATT, you have to a, build trust, but also be clear that data is incomplete. And you're right that it absolutely takes time. You know, you have to build your trust bank account and it's just wise advice, definitely. Thank yeah. You. Yeah, Ayush, this has been great. I know we've been wanting to have you on the show for a very long time and you've been as insightful as I recollect a lot of our one-on-one -on -one conversations have been. So this is perhaps a good place for us to wrap. But before we do that, can you tell folks how they can find out more about you and everything you do? Yeah, let me tell you a little about Earnin, where I work. Earnin is a first of its kind fintech company built entirely around on-demand access to your income earnings. We're about providing customers access to money that they've already earned at the speed that they've earned it. Since being founded in 2013, 3.8 million customers have accessed over 15 billion in earning through Earnin. You should be able to check out the Earnin app. You can download it anywhere apps are available today. Excellent, thank you for that. And is there anything about your work that you'd like to share and how people can connect with you or find out more about you? Yeah, I would say the best way is just to reach out to me on LinkedIn. If anyone has any questions, I'd be happy to share my knowledge of the marketing industry. Wonderful. And we'll link to your LinkedIn and your knowledge and insights from more than a decade working on mobile. I think that's certainly something a lot of folks would appreciate. Ayush, this has been an honor to have you. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Shimant. Really, really enjoyed our time here and really great to see what you're doing for the industry. Wonderful, sir. Awesome, man. This is great. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce. And I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share.